Good morning, good morning, family. Welcome to Destiny. I'm not going to stop that. Let's give our Lord a shout of praise this morning. Hallelujah. Yes, glory. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Um, I'm only going to be up here briefly, and I just want to share something that, that transpired this morning. So, Pastor, uh, Pastor Kevin asked me to either pray, open us up in prayer, or to choose someone to open us up in prayer. So I'm like, okay, God, what do you want me to do this morning? And I'm sitting at my desk, and I got my Bible open. I turn to Psalm 91, and I'm reading Psalm 91, and then I jump over to Psalm 92, and I'm like, wow, God, these are really good, and these will be great ways to open up in prayer this morning, or just to hear your word, because his word is everything. Um so I get to church and I'm still like, okay, God, what are we going to do? Pastor Kevin comes over to me while I'm walking around praying and, and envelopes in the chairs and he says, hey, would you mind if, if she opened up in prayer or if she would, if she opened up in prayer? I said, sure. Okay, God, you answer that prayer. You tell me what you want me to do. Then he comes back and says, she wants to do Psalm 91. I said, look at God. Destiny Church, I will be declaring Psalm 91 over us all today. It says, Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is our refuge, our place of safety. He is our God, and we trust Him. For He will rescue us from every trap and protect us from, deadly, from all the deadly disease. He will cover us with His feathers. His shelter he will shelter us with his wings. His faithful promises are our armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at our side, though 10,000 are dying around us, these evils will not touch us. So just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, he will make the most high your shelter. No evil will conquer us. No plague will come near your home. For he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold us up with their hands so that we won't even hurt our feet on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush the fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation.
Hey, kids, this next song, y'all have already been practicing, so I want to hear y'all and I want to see y'all dancing, okay? Oh! 
Give you highest praise, highest praise. 
his voice. Here we are, here we are. Come on, let's tune out everything. Just tune out everything. Until you only hear him. right now I didn't come here to leave the same I didn't come here to leave the same we need your voice we need your voice we need your instruction Jesus let us only be led by you only be led by you mistake of filling up with counterfeit it never satisfies it never stays it always runs dry I just want you Jesus I just want your presence in and out of every situation come on whatever you're going through today Whatever you're going through, listen for his voice. It's the only one that won't fail you. It's the only one that tells the truth. It's the only one that satisfies. Jesus. Jesus. Come on, if you came here empty today, I'll be honest, I came here empty. Jesus is the only one that satisfies. No worship song, no sermon, no nothing. Without him, it's null, it's void. Jesus, we need to hear your voice. We need to hear it loudly, clear and loudly. Jesus, open up your hearts today, open up your mind to hear him and nothing else, nothing else. If you came here with your lamp drained today, come on, his oil is the only one that fills. His oil is the only one that will never burn out. Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, we need your oil. We need your everlasting oil, Father, to fill us up. Because without it, we don't see through your eyes. We see through our flesh. Fill us up so we can see through your eyes to see each and every one of these people in this house through your eyes. And your eyes means covered by the blood and your cloak of righteousness that has covered them. Jesus.
Don't be afraid to ask. I want the fire, but without the oil, we can't sustain the fire. So we ask for the oil.
Lord, we give you our hearts. You know, what's the point of, of everything else? What is the point of prophecy and healing if you can't love? Lord, teach us to love. Lord, teach us to love. To love you and to love one another. Father, we love you this morning. We choose to say we love you with all of our minds, our hearts, our souls, everything that we are, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Come on, somebody in this room, tell Jesus that you love him this morning. Just tell him you love him. Lord, we love you. You know, for all the fathers out there this morning, doesn't it feel nice when your son or your daughter comes up to you and says, Daddy, I love you? Doesn't that feel good? When's the last time you told God in heaven, your father, hey, daddy, I love you, daddy. Daddy, I love you. Father, we love you. We thank you for what you're doing in this place. We thank you for loving us first. We worship and we bless your holy name. You're good. You are so good are faithful, God. We love you in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, come on, put your hands together. And everybody said, yes, we worship you, Jesus. for you guys to just welcome one another, love on one another. I'll be right back. God bless you. See you in a minute. Complete, and I made you look small. I've been staring at my problems for way too long. Realign where my hope is set until you're all that's left. But just a glimpse draws my heart to change. In one side of you lays my sin to waste. I don't need to see everything.
All right. Check, check, check. All righty. Well, good morning, family. Good morning, Destiny Church. All right, let's get everybody engaged. Y'all ready? Let's get everybody engaged. God is good. One more time. God is good. And all the time. Amen, amen. Now that I have your attention, I'm excited this morning. And, and the reason I'm excited, well, there's a ton of reasons. But uh, one of the reasons is these kids, and today is move-up day. And so, that's right. And so, for, for those of you who don't know what that is, move-up day is when these uh, younger kids that have been in 252 and have been bugging me for like six months uh, to come to youth group, uh, they finally uh, get to come to youth group, or they get to go to 252 kids, okay? And they, some of them graduate from uh, the baby room to the toddler room. So it's just an awesome day. Uh, and we just, we've never done this before, just so you know. Uh, this is a, a brand new thing. Uh, but we just felt like we should celebrate these kids and their achievements and milestones. And, you know, it's been tough for some of them, you know. Uh, Brian, <coughs> you know. It's been, some for some, it's been tough for some of these because they've been wanting to go, you know, to, to the next stage. And so now they get to be there uh, and they get to start uh, this Wednesday coming up. They get to go into BSM or 252 and all that. So um, would you like to say something? All right. So without further ado. She gonna cry. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Okay, she's trying not to cry because her little babies are growing up. Okay. All right. Um, as we said, um, our children are transitioning. It happens too quickly. Uh, the two fifty-two kids that are moving up. I'm balling. You know, I am balling. Kevin's all excited, and I'm like, you know, I. I in my mind, I'm like, give my babies. But no, I'm, I'm super proud of them. I'm very excited for them. Um, I'm very excited for the group that's moving up this year. Many of you don't know, but Kevin Crystal and I uh, moved the age limit down or to sixth grade. Um, I still get to determine in the parents whether they're mature enough spiritually, emotionally, biblically, but Mama Lo be teaching those kids, so they're ready. So this year we have sixth graders moving up, and I'm proud of all of them, and I'm very comfortable with where they're moving to, so I don't have a big problem. But we're going to start with our little ones, and uh, these, these two little people and their sister have been a part of every age group. Seriously. In this family right now, with the exception, I can say it right now because Brian's moving up after today, they're the biggest contributors to Destiny Kids. And they have right now, prior to Brian moving up, a child in every age group, and that's Sarah and Brian, Brandon Purdue. We have, we have a baby in the baby room, baby in the toddler's room, baby in the preschool room, a Destiny kid, and a team. So, today I'm excited to announce that Evie and Ellie Purdue are moving from the nursery, bring them up, to the toddler room. And Nella is moving up from the toddler room to the preschool room. 
Now, you may see them in, in different rooms because Nella's not gonna leave the twins, and the twins refuse to leave the baby room, but these are their official rooms. Okay, moving up from toddler to preschool, we have John Michael Morgan, and we have Nella Grace Perdue. Also, from the baby room to the toddler room, and she just reminded me, we have Eleanor Rose moving to toddlers, and her brother, Maverick Ronald Trahan. I want you to know that these babies are the third generation at Destiny Church. All right, from, um, I said Nella Grace, from preschool to 252, this young man has been a part of the big kids for three years, but officially today is the day he should be there. And we have Rhett Harris. We also have Corbin Gwynn. Come on up, Corbin. Corbin Gwynn is moving from preschool to 252. All right. This young man refused to move from preschool to 252 because there was better toys in preschool. But he is officially a member of the 252, Luke 252 babies, and that is Samuel Elias Lowry. Yeah, come on, Elias. All right, and did I leave? Oh. We have, this young man has been a part of every age group, adult worship, prayer team, ushers, and the quickest getaway artist in Destiny Church history. This young man is skipping 252. He is moving straight to teens. We have Azariah Luke Rodriguez. And I'm just joking. I'm just joking, he's coming to 252, but you will see him in teens sometimes because his daddy and his mom is there. And guys, would you give these children, oh, wait, 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 one more. We have this young lady who's moving from preschool to, with Mama Lo to 252, we have Nora Young. All right, that's it guys, thank you so much, and please give my babies a big hoot. Stand on your feet, guys, stand on your feet. <laughs> Amen. Okay. Oh, okay. All righty, Mama Lo doesn't want to cry. Uh, where are the teens here? All right, the last ones we have uh, moving from 252 to DSM. Uh, you guys can come up here if you're here. It's Jesse Barton, Elena Townley, Elena! Bryant Perdue, and Amara Lowry, and Nick Bradley. Nick, come on, guys. All right, so um, you guys get together. You guys get together. Get closer. Y'all come this way. Yeah. All right. 
Um, so parents, do me a huge favor, stretch out your hand towards them. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you so much for what you're doing in this generation, this now generation. Father God, I thank you that they are not bound by their age limit, Father God. They are not bound by their heights, God, or what grade they're in. Father God, I ask in the name of Jesus that you breathe in them, God, the Holy Spirit. Father God, the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, God, would you fill them up with it right now in the name of Jesus. And God, we ask for boldness and strength and wisdom for these uh, kids and toddlers and these, these new students, God, going into the Destiny Student Ministry. Father God, we ask that you would protect them, that you would bless them, and that you would give them the courage to walk out their faith. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. All right, put your hands together. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. We love you. All right. So as the younger kids are moving out, uh, I'm going to go ahead and just give out a few announcements, and we'll get started. If you're brand new today, uh, you're probably like, wow, there's a lot going on, uh, and there is. But if, if you're new today, please uh, don't forget to fill out a Connect card. Uh, we'd appreciate that. If you would like to know more information about the church, I highly encourage you to download the app, the Destiny Church app, okay? It's really important. It will keep you up to date. Uh, it will give you push notifications and let you know what's going on in the church uh, week by week. Uh, also, next week is baptisms. So if you haven't been baptized or maybe you feel a tug on your heart to get baptized again, okay? Uh, please sign up so that we have that in there um, and, and we can give you clothes and prepare, uh, prepare you for that. So August 13th is an important date. I want you guys to remember August 13th. That's the Company of Believers with Brother Bo Barton, and that's August 13th at 6.30 p.m. Okay, it's going to be an amazing time uh, to just come and be a part of the church, the body of Christ, right, and to be a part of growing together and to receive together. Okay, there's going to be churches and people coming from all over the country, and it's going to be a powerful time. Okay, and God is doing amazing things. So not only do we ask that you pray for August 13th, uh, but uh, we also ask if, that, if you would like to host a family, okay, if you'd like to host a family, please get in contact with the church. Uh, like I said, there's a lot of different people coming from all different parts of this country. And so if you would like to host a family, please let us know. Uh, we would really appreciate that. All right. All um, right. I believe that is it. Man, yes, I got it all out of the way. So I'm excited uh, that we get to get started with the word. Anybody excited to hear God's word this morning? Come on. I didn't say to hear me preach. I said to for God's word. Amen? Because it ain't about me. It's about God. All right. Praise God. So let's go ahead and open up in prayer first, and then I'll get uh, started as fast as possible. So if you guys can close your eyes. And bow your heads. Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for what you're doing in this house. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for your love, your mercy, your compassion, God. Thank you, Father. God, this morning I ask in the name of Jesus that you would open every single heart, God. That you would melt away the wax around their hearts. That you would allow their hearts to be softened. That you would allow the soil, God, of their heart to be soft 
and, uh, and that it would receive the seed that you want to plant in there today, Father. I thank you. Holy Spirit, fill me up. Holy Spirit, put your words in my mouth that I may speak them boldly and correctly, Father. In Jesus' name, I thank you. Amen. Ooh, all right, so this morning, if you're wondering where Pastor DJ is, he's helping another uh, one of our friends, Pastor uh, David, down there in, um, in Clanton, Alabama, okay? So I believe he's having surgery or he's recovering uh, from surgery, one of those. And so Pastor DJ is going there and helping him out, and he's preaching at his church today. Uh, but uh, Pastor DJ, when you do watch this, uh, I want to thank you for the opportunity uh, that I have to be here. It's an honor and a privilege and I don't take it lightly. So thank you, Pastor DJ and Pastor Julie. We love you guys. And we know that God's going to do amazing things in Clanton right now. All right. So as I said uh, this morning, I'm excited about the word that God's given me. And so as you know me, I'm going to give you a little backstory. I'm going <laughs> to tell you what happened, right? So I knew I was going to preach uh, maybe a week and a half ago. And, and as always, I said, okay, Lord, what do you want me to tell them? Right, and so I'm, here I am. God, what do you want me to tell them? God, what do you want me to tell them? Uh, you know, because I don't wait, of course, right, to read my Bible. I mean, I'm always reading my Bible. I'm always in, you know, trying my best to be in tune with the Holy Spirit and what God is doing. But I want a rhema word. What that means is I want a word for right now, for this season, for you and for me. God, what are you saying? What do you want me to tell them? And so I'm, you know, I'm praying and I'm praying. And guess what? Nothing. I'm getting nothing, but that doesn't matter. That doesn't discourage me. I'm just praying. Okay, I'm good. I know God's going to provide. And so, I, <laughs> so I'm sitting there, and we finally show up to a uh, IHOP, and we're eating at an IHOP. Praise God, uh, <laughs> amazing pancakes. And so we're we're there, and um, actually, I'm gonna stop right there because it reminded me of California. And so, uh, this is why while I was in California. So I want to stop first because I almost forgot. I want to thank every single person in here that's been praying for my family, that's been praying for uh, Pastor Crystal and myself, uh, just praying for everything that's been going on in our lives. Uh, as you know, our uh, Crystal's brother passed away, my brother-in-law, and it's, uh, it's been difficult. It's been, it's been difficult. Uh, but I, wanna th I just want you guys to know that we have felt the love we are so honored and privileged to be part of this family. So thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you. Um, all right, so back to the story. I was at IHOP with an amazing pancake, you know, on my fork. And I'm getting ready to eat, and then I stop. And I'm just staring off into space because I start hearing the word of the Lord. And I start hearing God, and I, start, and I keep hearing the same scripture. What have you come into the world in, in the wilderness to hear or to see? And so... I kept hearing God, you know, what did you go out into the wilderness to see a, a reed swayed by the wind? And I kept hearing that. I just kept hearing it over and over and over. What, let me, let me get this right. What did you go out into the wilderness, uh, wilderness to see a reed swayed by the wind? I just kept hearing that. And so, you know, I'm staring off into space, looking crazy like a pancake, and I'm like, mouth open just staring off into space because I'm hearing the word of the Lord. And so, and you know, and <laughs> my wife, Chris, was like, uh, you okay? Like, what's wrong? You know, you didn't like the pancakes? What's going on? Uh, and, I, and I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, but I just heard the Lord speaking to me, and, and I'm excited. And this morning, I've come to give you guys encouragement, but I've also come to challenge you. 
I've come to encourage you, and I've come to challenge you. Because this is what God gave me this morning for us. To encourage because I truly believe we're on the right path. And to challenge because I think we can all still get better. I never want to get to a place where I've arrived. We've done it. We're the best Christians on earth. Yes, praise God. Here's my autograph. Never. I never want to get to the place of I'm complacent with how I am. I'm complacent with reading my Bible uh, 30 minutes a day. Good. Praise God. I've I've achieved it. I've attained it. I never want to be complacent. I want to be content, but never complacent. I want more. Everybody say, I want more. I want more. There's always more. Always. Don't ever settle for enough. Well, God's been blessing me. I'm doing great. It's not enough. God has more for us. God has more. And I'm not, listen, I'm not talking about assets physical pensions and 401ks, okay? I'm talking about the presence of God. I'm talking about the intimacy as we were singing this morning, right? The authority that comes from the intimacy of God. That's what I'm talking about. There's more for you. So the first point I want to talk about today is what I call the day of trouble. The day of trouble. We're all going to go through days of trouble. It's a fact. Jesus said, take heart in this world. You will have trouble, tribulations. It's, a, it's in the word of God. It's going to come. It's going to be there. You're going to have problems. You're going to have struggles, issues. For some of us, they're personal. For some of us, they hurt more. For some of us, it was the day that somebody said, hey, uh, I have this bad diagnosis for you. For some of us, it's somebody passing in our lives that was dear to us. For some of us, it's things that's happened to us. But there's these days of trouble that we all go through. We go through them, and they hurt, and they're rough. You know, I got, I'm sorry. I have a news flash for you, and I'm sorry if, you know, I pray nobody gets offended, but here's a news flash. It's not easy to be a Christian. It's not. It's not easy to be a Christian. It's not all rainbows and butterflies to be a Christian. The Word of God says that the violent, right, the kingdom of God has suffered violence. They take it by force. If you guys remember a few weeks ago, I, I talked about we were in a war. It's not just butterflies and rainbows. It's rough out there. It's tough out there. It takes courage to do the right thing when everybody's not. It takes courage to make a stance against sin and say, I'm sorry, but that's not right. The Word of God says that's not right. I understand what you're trying to tell me, and you're trying to blur the lines, but that's not okay. And we're going to read in Matthew chapter 11, And we're going to read about John the Baptist. And see, I believe John the Baptist was going through a day of trouble. He was having a tough day, a tough time. Sometimes it lasts more than a day, as we all know. But I want to show you what God was showing me and and talking to me about. Uh, But Matthew chapter 11, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to it. If you don't. 
It will be on the screen. We pray. The power doesn't go out. But as uh, my good friend Brandon Perdue said, what if the power goes out? Where's your Bible? So anyways, uh, <laughs> uh, we're going to start Matthew chapter 11, verse 2. When John heard in prison what Christ was doing, he sent his disciples to ask him, are you the one who was to come, or should we expect someone else? Okay, I'm going to stop right there. We're talking about John the Baptist. John the Baptist. And he's, he's having a tough time. He's having a tough time. Jesus said that he was more than a prophet. If you would believe, he was the Elisha to come. Okay, so what I'm saying to you is this John the Baptist wasn't just a normal person. This John the Baptist was somebody called, somebody anointed, somebody with power, and he was in prison. And he's probably eating not so good. And he's probably thirsty. And he'd probably like to go out and preach. And he'd probably like to do all sorts of things. But he was in prison. And he was going through something. He was going through some hardships, a day of trouble. He, he was going through something tough. Has anybody ever been there? Has anybody said, God, why me? God, I don't understand if I'm serving you. Why am I going through this? Right? And, and John the Baptist was having one of those moments. You know, I, I don't believe, you know, I don't believe that he didn't believe in Jesus. I think he just needed encouragement. Maybe he just needed to hear it again. Please, Lord, tell me who you are. And sometimes that's how we are. Sometimes we need to be encouraged. Sometimes we need to be reminded who our God is, who is, who is our Lord and our Savior and our Master. Who is it? Who is it that you have decided and dedicated your life to follow? Who is it? So like I said, John the Baptist was having a tough time, and so he asked, right? He, he sent a message to him and said, are you the one who was to come? Verse 4, Jesus replied, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. Blessed is the man who does not fall away on account of me. As John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What did you go out into the desert to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No, those who wear fine clothes are in king's palaces. Then what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. I tell you the truth. Among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. John the Baptist was having a tough, a tough time. He was in prison. It wasn't going so hot for him. And as you know, the word of God, he was eventually beheaded. This man was a called man of God, a, a prophet, more than a prophet, by Jesus' words. Anointed, called, powerful, full of authority, and he was in prison. 
And like I said, I don't believe that he didn't believe in Jesus. I think he just wanted encouragement. You know how I think that? Because Jesus starts to encourage him. I love what Brother Bo was saying last time. You know, I don't think those friends were, were out of the vicinity. I don't think they were gone when Jesus started speaking about John. See, I think John really just was crying out for encouragement. And that's why Jesus starts to say, you know, he starts to talk about John. John isn't there, but his disciples are leaving, but they're hearing him. Oh, John, he, he was more than a prophet. John, he... He was the Elisha to come. He's the one that Isaiah, the prophet, the one who we revere, right? Because this is Jewish time. This is the one person we revere, uh, the, the prophet Isaiah. He's the one that the prophet Isaiah prophesied about, the one who was to come to make way for the Lord's coming. And he's saying all these amazing things about John in the presence and in the hearing of his disciples. Why? Because John needed encouragement. He needed encouragement for what was about to happen, for the, for the plate that he was served, for that path that he was on. Why was John the Baptist in prison? It was because he made a stance. Because he said no to sin. John the Baptist, he was in prison because King Herod decided to um, marry his brother's wife and Anyways, they had some drama, right? And so, but he decided to do something evil, and John the Baptist said, no, that's wrong. What you're doing is wrong. See, John the Baptist took a stance. He said no to sin. He, said, he took a stance on sin and said, this is right, and this is wrong. And because of his stance, he was put in prison. But he needed some encouragement. And I love how Jesus quotes him because he, he's like paraphrasing Isaiah 61 to him. I want to read that to you, Isaiah 61. Because as God was, was sharing with me and just, you know, as I was studying and he was just piecing things together, I believe God has come to tell you a few things this morning. Uh, and one of them is out of Isaiah 61. It says this, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. For the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted, to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come. And with it, the day of God's anger against their enemies. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. I'm going to come back to that in a minute. But Jesus was paraphrasing this Isaiah 61 to John the Baptist. And it's so important because I believe this morning that God is talking to you. This morning, you're not here on accident. You're not here because somebody invited you. You're here because God wanted you here. And God wants to tell you something. If you leave the way you came in, you did something wrong. 
Because this morning, God wants to speak to you. He wants you to understand a couple things. In your heart, in your soul, in your spirit, he wants you to understand and to be encouraged this morning. But I want you to tell, I want to tell you my second point this morning is your God, everybody say my God, and everybody say will help me. Like I said, I believe all of us need some encouragement. And I believe John the Baptist was really, the truth was he was crying out for some encouragement. I bet you that encouragement, when it reached John the Baptist and what Jesus said about him, I bet you it was like a cold glass of water for his soul. He needed that encouragement like, I'm, I did the right thing. I'm on the right ground. I'm doing the right thing. And so this morning, I, I believe that God wants to tell you this morning that he will help you. With whatever it is, doesn't matter. He will help you. With your finances, he will help you. In your marriage, he will help you. With your car, he will help you. 401k, whatever it is. Let me tell you something. There's nothing too big or too small for God. Nothing. For that job you applied for, God cares. God cares. Just so you know. If he knows how many hairs you have on your head, he cares about the little stuff in your life. He cares that you have a check engine light you haven't checked for three years. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. We'll go back into it. Uh, but seriously, God does care. Uh, but I, as I was preparing for this, God brought me to Isaiah, this chapter in Isaiah. And as I started reading it, I'm telling you, it was like the words came alive. I call that a rhema word. It was, it was like God was speaking to me through his word. You know, because a lot of people can read the Bible, and you're like, okay, I'm not sure what that meant, but I read a Bible verse, you know. Um, but there's sometimes when, when the Word of God comes alive, because the Word of God is alive, we just need to train ourselves to eat it, to digest it. But I want to read this in Isaiah chapter 40, verses 25 through 31. As I was reading this, I just felt God speaking to you this morning and to me. Listen to me. I want you, if you have your Bible, you can follow along. If you don't have a Bible, I want you to close your eyes this morning. Actually, everybody, if you're comfortable, close your eyes this morning. I want to read this to you. Close your eyes. Isaiah 40, verse 25. To whom will you compare me to? This is God talking. Or who is my equal, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all of these? He who brings out the starry hosts one by one and calls forth each of them by name because of his great power and mighty strength. Not one of them is missing. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, my cause is disregarded by my God? Do you not know, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. 
But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. And your God cares. Now, this is me. This is Pastor Kevin. Your God cares, and your God will help you. Open your eyes. Your God will help you. Your God who created the earth, your God who created the heavens, who knows every single star, your God will help you. He is, listen to me, listen to me, he is able, he is strong enough. Your God will help you. And the last thing, the last point, which we're probably going to spend some time here, but the last the last thing that God wanted me to, to hit really hard is that you're called to be an oak. Remember I told you about Isaiah 61? Right? Remember I told you about Isaiah 61 and that Jesus was paraphrasing Isaiah 61 to, to uh, the disciples of John the Baptist. There's a reason. And I, I love this. Because as, you, as all of you know, or most of you know, Isaiah 61 is talking about Jesus, the Lord. But I love that in Isaiah 61, I'm going to read it again. In Isaiah 61, I love this part. Let's go to verse 3. It says, To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair in their righteousness they everybody say they now everybody say me I love that God is talking about you this morning God is talking about you this morning you you are to be an oak of righteousness not for your glory not to say look how big I am tree oh I'm big too it's not for that. It's for God's glory. God's glory. We have been called. See, the oak doesn't have a, a choice. You know what I'm saying? The oak doesn't have a choice. The oak doesn't say, I don't really want to be an oak tree. I kind of want to be a palm tree. They're nicer. They're skinnier. You know what I'm saying? Like, the... <laughs> the oak tree doesn't get to say, I don't really want to be an oak tree. I want to be this or I want to be that. In the same way, those who call themselves Christians, you do not have a choice. You are called to be an oak of righteousness. If you call yourself by the name Christian, if you call yourself a son of God, if you call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ, you are called to be an oak of righteousness. And I love the fact that in the Bible it says they, plural, they, you, us, we are called to be oaks of righteousness. You know what I love about an oak? First off, it's extremely strong. Most of you already know that. It's extremely strong. They can withstand tornadoes, hurricanes. But what really fascinated me about an oak tree 
was the fact that their root system, it mirrors the height of the tree. Did you guys hear what I said? The root system mirrors the height of the tree. See, the, you, can't, you can't grow up in the spirit without going deeper first. Do you understand what I'm telling you this morning? I'm trying to make it as easy as I can. But you cannot go higher without going deeper. See, everybody wants to go higher without going deeper. But what happens to a tree that has small roots? Gets ripped out, gets blown over. When the day of trouble comes, that tree's gone. When that tornado comes, that tree is gone. But an oak, its root system is deep, and it mirrors its height. And so what I believe God is telling you today is that we as a whole, we need to dig deeper. We need to dig deeper. It is not in, listen, I'm not here to judge anybody today. I'm not here to condemn anybody today. I love every single one of you here. And I want you to know, though, that there is more. We can go deeper. We can go deeper if we want to. And listen to me, I want to. And I believe most of you in here want to. And as a church, we want to. We want to go deeper because God has called us to bring shade to an entire area that needs us. And the bigger the tree, the more shade it can provide. And I'm not here talking about trees. I hope you understand what I'm saying. God has called each and every one of us to be oaks of righteousness. Not a reed swayed by the wind. Reeds are just little things. You know, reeds are those, like, those little things right there by the water that just get blown here and there. But a lot of people do it. Well, is, um, you know, is, is this wrong? Well, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's not that bad, I guess. I mean, yes, they're living a life of sin, but they say they love God, so it's okay. A reed swayed by the wind, by the culture, by the thing that says, oh, you can't talk about that can't talk about homosexuality in a church. That's bad. We're going to kick you out. Or porn addiction or yada, everything, everything, everything else. But God has not called you to be a reed. He has not called you to falter every little chance you get. He has not called you to say, well, I guess it's okay. I mean, I don't know. Everyone else says it's okay. I guess it's okay to be on Snapchat and TikTok for four hours a day and my Bible hasn't been read today. I'm not here to judge you or to hurt you, but I'm telling you there is more for us. Listen to me, there is more for us. I know that a lot of you in this place that you come, you know, you come to the church, uh, let's say weekly, and, and you think this is normal, but this is not normal. You know, I was, as I was talking to my wife, we were in California for almost two weeks, and we severely missed you guys. We missed the family. 
And I just, you know, I didn't see that out there. I didn't see the family, the family of believers. You know, what we have here is not normal. It's unique. It is God-breathed. God has given us this. But it's up to us to water and to go deeper into God's word. It is not enough. And so this morning, I'm here to tell you a couple things, and you may not like it. It may sting. It may hurt. But everything that I'm telling you, God has told me first. If it hurts you, it's because it hurt me first. God has been telling me, okay, that's great. I love that you've read this much Bible today. I want you to do more. I want you to go deeper. It's like I can hear the Holy Spirit just not taunting me in a bad way, but challenging me. Is that all you got today? How much more can you give me? Push the limits of your pursuit of God. Look at your phone. Open up your Apple tracker. How much time have you spent on your Bible? How much time have you spent on Snapchat, TikTok, Instagram, whatever? Push the limits of your pursuit of God. That's what I'm here to tell you today. You know why? Because God so desires to be in communion with you. He desires for your face to glow because you've been spending time in the secret place with him. I mean, he wants you to be so in tune with him that you're out at a, at a baseball game, at a basketball game, at a football Alabama versus Auburn game, and all of a sudden you hear the word of the Lord, and you have to stop what you're doing. He desires your attention. He desires your ear. He wants you to hear him because he's a good father. I know a lot of people that say, well, I haven't heard God in a long time. No, you're not listening. God is always speaking, always talking to us, always loving, caring for us. There's not a moment in time when he's just like, ah, I'm not going to talk to Weston anymore. I'm tired of talking to Weston. That doesn't happen. God is always speaking to us. He loves us. He's always speaking to us. You know, I believe God can talk to us in so many different ways. Art, the trees, the creation. Doesn't the word of God say that creation itself is a testimony of him? He made it. The word of God says that all the earth groans. It groans. For the true manifestations of the sons and daughters of God. You know why? Because it wants to become it, creation wants to align itself back, back with the sons of God. It, see, the creation groans because it knows what it had in, in Eden. It knows that how the authority that God placed in the perfect place, and it, that it, now it's out of whack, and it requires, it wants true sons and daughters to come back, to say, grow, to say, land, I bless you, be blessed. Be fertile. It groans. It groans for you. It groans for every last one of you. You are called to be oaks of righteousness. I'm sorry to burst your bubble this morning, but you cannot choose. You cannot choose to say you're a Christian and then act like a reed. Act like a little pine tree or 
something that's not an oak. You can't choose to be a flower. You are called to be an oak of righteousness. For his glory. For his glory. Listen to me. For his glory. Not for man's. Not to say, wow, you know, um, Pastor Crystal preaches so good. Wow, Pastor DJ prays so awesome. No, it's for God's glory. And I know if Pastor DJ was here, he'd be perfectly fine with me saying, it's for God's glory. Pastor, does, Pastor DJ doesn't do it for us, for you. He loves you. Don't get me wrong. But he does it for God. Because God completely wrecked his life and changed him and, and blessed him and filled him with love. And now he knows how to love. The same way he did for me and for you. It's for God's glory that we become oaks of righteousness. That we become the shade when those outside need shelter and need shade. The world's already in turmoil and it's burning. What the world desires is, is, a, is shade, it's tree, it's peace, it's comfort truth. This generation is seeking truth in a way that I've never seen it before. Granted, I'm not that old. I will say that. But this generation is not looking for religion. This generation is not looking for more to-dos and to-don'ts. This generation is groaning for truth. And the word of God says the truth will set you free. Who is the truth? His name is Jesus. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but through me. It's Jesus. Are you willing? Are you willing, even if it hurts, to go deeper. What does that mean? Some of you may have to wake up earlier. Some of you may have to stay up later. Some of you may have to limit the time you spend on social media. I have social media, by the way. Okay? I'm not trying to get on anybody's case for having social media. I have Facebook and Instagram. I'm not telling you you can't do that. But what I am telling you is it's time, church, God is calling us to go deeper. Do you want to know why? Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. There is a reason that the tree has to go deeper. There is a reason that our foundation and our, our, our foundation with God and the, and the deepness of our relationship with God matters because the day of trouble is coming. The day of trouble is coming. There's going to be storms. You know, I, I pray to God that, you know, the next 50 years is amazing. We don't have any issues. But there's so many signs around us. And, I'm not, and listen, I'm not here to get political. I'm not with that. I really, I'm not. But I am here to tell you there's a lot of signs that, that are, you know, even in the, uh, you know, I'm, I, I apologize up front. I'm, I'm a big financial guy. I like finances. As far as like, you know, looking at stocks and all that and, and the macro and anyways, I don't want to lose you, but there's so many signs that like 
the you know economy stuff and, and financial and inflation and microinflation, macroinflation, uh, you know deflation. So many signs. But I'm not here to talk to you about any of that. I'm here to tell you what God said, and God told me to tell you it's time to go deeper. It's time to go deeper. Remember, the oak tree is only as tall as it is deep. You and me, we've been called to be oaks of righteousness. Listen to me, don't settle. Well, Pastor Kevin, I've been a pastor for 30 years. I read my Bible every day. Amen. Praise God, my brother. Don't settle. Don't settle. Push the limits of your pursuit of God. I understand that we are not saved by works, but the Word of God says that works, uh, faith without works is dead. I have this little analogy that's, you know, I'm not going to lie, it's kind of dumb, but I'm going to tell you anyways. It's like gas that's, you know, you put in a vehicle, okay, not in your stomach. Gas, right? The gas, he looks at the spark and says, look at me, I'm on fire. The spark says, no, you're not, you're liquid. I'm on fire. And the gas tells the spark, dude, you're not on fire, you're a spark. Kind of dumb, right? They're both arguing, saying that they're on fire, but they're not. Because for a fire, you need a couple ingredients. You need an igniter, right, the spark. You need the fuel, and you need oxygen. It's the same thing with faith and works. It's a dynamic duo. You need both. If, and, and actually, this is perfect. There's a, you know, the Olympic Games are going on. Everybody loves to watch it. Everybody. I don't even like sports. And I'm like, ah, well, I do like sports. But some of these are, you know, they're kind of weird. You know, now you can, like, skateboard and, I don't know, ping pong. I don't know, man. But, but listen, <laughs> but listen, everybody loves watching them compete at a higher level. Everybody does. Wow, did you see that four by four or that? crazy race did you see that crazy swim but nobody wants to train like them nobody everybody likes looking at the devoted apostle everybody looking likes looking at you know jesus or elisha or elijah or uh you know samuel the prophet samson david solomon wow but nobody wants to do what they did. Nobody wants to pursue God. Nobody wants to wake up early in the morning and, and, and let their tears soak the ground because they're in, in relationship with Jesus. Everybody likes to look from a distance, but this morning I'm here to tell you that that is not enough. I'm here to tell you that if you're in here right now in this place, God has called you. If God has planted you in this place, if, if this is your church family, if this is your home, I'm here to tell you that you've been called and you've been planted. According to Isaiah 61, you've been planted in this place to be an oak of righteousness. You've been planted in this place. You are not a reed. You're, you know, listen, 
this might hurt some feelings, but you're not allowed to get offended so easily. You are an oak of righteousness everywhere. Everywhere. The, the drive through at McDonald's that took 30 minutes and you want to rip that person's head off? Guess what? You're called to be an oak of righteousness. You can't be an oak of righteousness at the church. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love Jesus. Then you go to Longhorn, you're like, what? What's taking so long? It's been 45 minutes. This is ridiculous, lady. I mean, are you serious? What do you mean my gift card's not working? Did you know that Sundays is the worst day for servers? Did you know that they, they can't stand working Sundays because of Christians? Did you know that? It's true. It's a sad truth. They say Christians walk in there, think they own the place, and they order a bunch of food, and they give the lowest tip. So sad. You are called to be an oak of righteousness wherever you are. At work, at school, in the drive-thru, when you're stopped by the police, that you can't even stand him because you didn't do nothing wrong. Guess what? You're called to be an oak of righteousness. For God's glory. Have we not been saying that? For God's glory. That's why, and I'm kind of going out of subject here, but that's why I make it a point every time I go out to eat somewhere to tip big. Because I want them to know I'm a Christian, and I'm going to tip big. You know why? Not, not because I'm trying to be somebody I'm not, but because I want them to know Christians love them. More than just words. More than just words. You are called to be an oak of righteousness wherever you are. When everybody sees you and when nobody sees you. An oak of righteousness. At the church and at the drive-thru. At church and in traffic. When somebody just cuts you off and you're upset. You're called to be an oak of righteousness. God is calling you this morning to go deeper. God is calling you this morning to go deeper. Go ahead and stand to your feet. I'm not done. I just wanted you to be on your feet. Listen, I know I keep saying it over and over again. But it's a proven fact. If I keep saying it, it might stick a little more. But seriously, God is calling you deeper this morning. Deeper than you've ever been in your entire life. Pastor Kevin, I'm 70 years old and I'm a Christian. Guess what? God is calling you deeper than you've ever been in your entire life. You know, the other day I was praying and I was telling the Lord. I, I was talking to another pastor in California and I was telling him my story and I was telling him how um, I, I left the Air Force to, to come here full time. And I told him, I want to give God the best years of my life, not the last years of my life. But did you know that the last years of your life can be the best years of your life? 
did you know that you can dig in deep? You can start today. If you're not on a Bible plan, get on a Bible plan. Super simple for all of all of you in here that have a you know a different personality, I personality or whatever. Start a Bible plan. You just want to know, Kev, Pastor Kevin, tell me what to do. Start a Bible plan. Read the Bible in a year, the whole Bible. If you read your Bible every day, praise God. Read it longer. Pray longer. I don't fully know what's about to happen. I don't fully know. God only gave me a piece. But the piece is today that he needs us to go deeper. He needs you and me to go in deeper. I don't know what's coming. I pray that blessings. That's what I pray. I'm serious. I pray blessings. But God needs you to be an oak of righteousness that he's called you to be. And Jesus, in Isaiah 61, he even said to bring good news to the poor, to comfort the brokenhearted, to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come. He has sent you too. Do you understand? He's calling you of oak of righteousness. And what he said about himself, he's asking of you. You need to be a person who frees the captives. You are called to be a person that brings peace in a chaotic situation. At that job that you can't stand, that everybody's cussing, everybody's cussing each other out, everybody's backstabbing. He has called you to be the peacemaker. He's called you to change the atmosphere. He has called you to set the captives free. He will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive, festive praise instead of despair. And they will be called oaks of righteousness. Church, this morning I'm here to tell you that God loves you. I'm here to encourage you, but I'm also here to challenge you. It's not enough to just come on a Sunday morning and to say amen and I'm a Christian and I'm going to heaven. It's not enough. You know, this last couple weeks, or the last week, when I was in California and I was preaching to, um, to a bunch of uh, family members and friends and a bunch of gangbangers and convicts and felons and people that have killed people sitting there. You know, I think I just had a, a fresh revelation. God's not okay with them going to hell. He is not okay with your neighbor going to hell. He's not okay with that. There's more. So many people are like, God, when are you going to fix this? And God's like, that's why I sent you. What do you think? You are on the earth right now in 2021. And there's still people saying, God, when are you going to fix this? When are you going to help them? And God's saying, I placed you there. What do you mean? You are the yoke of righteousness that I've called forth. 
You are the one that's supposed to bring freedom, bring peace, comfort. So as I was there preaching to them, it was it was just so amazing to see their eyes kind of open up and them receive the seed that I, you know, that God planted in them that day. I'm not saying that they, they went away screaming hallelujah. I mean, these are hardened, you know, hardened guys and women. But I've had the revelation, a fresh revelation that God is not okay with them going to hell. God is not okay with you going to church on Sunday morning and forgetting everything on Monday morning. He's not okay with you knowing the gospel and not sharing it. He's not okay with that. I'm sorry if this hurts. But God is not okay with you going and knowing the gospel, knowing what Jesus did on the cross, knowing that he took our diseases, our, our afflictions, and you passing the person in, in Walmart with a broken knee and saying nothing. He's not okay with that. Just think about it. What if I had a gash in my arm and I was bleeding and you had this huge Band-Aid? Would it be okay that you pass me by and don't help me? Is that, are you really a good neighbor? Are you, a, are you the good neighbor? God's not okay with that. <laughs> and sometimes I ask God, God, why me? <laughs> why do I have to tell the church? But I'm okay with it. Jesus said, if they hated me, they'll hate you. This morning, I'm here to tell you that God wants you to go deeper. He wants you to step out. He wants you to push the limits of his pursuit. When was the last time that you went and preached to someone who hasn't heard the gospel? When's the last time you loved on somebody? Hey, listen to this. When's the last time you loved on the, you know, the Jehovah Witness that came to your door? Or the Mormon that came to the door? Heck, the devil worshiper that comes to your door. When's the last time you loved on them? It's not okay. God is calling us deeper. And the deeper we get, the more that is required. You know, we just saying this morning, even if it costs me everything, but a lot of us don't want to even give up 30 more minutes of our sleep. But we'll sit here on a Sunday morning and say, even if it costs me everything, God. And God's like, everything, I just want 30 more minutes in the morning. You're like, well, I don't know about that, I'm tired. No, Jesus was tired on that cross. He was tired. He breathed his last breath and he said, Lord, forgive them for they, not, they, don't, they don't know what they're doing. God is calling us as a church to go deeper, to be oaks of righteousness. 
He's calling you, all those who have been planted in this place, to be deeply rooted. Deeply rooted. It's time. God's been pouring on us these last few years. He's pouring and pouring anointing, and he's pouring oil, and he's digging this well deep. But it's time. It's time to go deeper. It's time to pray more. It's time to fast more, more than we've ever have. It's time that you go and share the gospel with somebody that you may think doesn't know the gospel. It's time that you start loving your neighbor as yourself. It's time that you become the church and not play church. It's time to become the church. It's time. I was thinking about this. As I was talking in California, but, you know, what do you want people to say when it's your time? When your eulogy is being read? What do you want them to say? I want them to say that I was an oak. You know, that's why I really love older people. You know, 80s and 90 years old because they've been in a lot of battles. They've had a lot of trouble days. And they know what it is to lose a couple branches, lose leaves, get scarred up, and keep pressing forward. Ephesians 6.13 says, Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so when the day of evil comes, right, that day of trouble I'm talking to you guys about, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand like an oak tree. You're been, you have been called to stand. Weather the storm. Even if it hurts, even if nobody likes you at your work, because you, you have a stance on what is right and what is wrong. Even if you're the goody two-shoe Christian that doesn't go out and party and do this and that. Stand. Stand, church. Go deeper. Stand stronger. Your God is with you. Wherever you go, your God is with you. And there's nothing that he cannot do. Nothing. Go ahead and close your eyes. Father, I just thank you this morning. Father, I'm just so grateful. I'm thankful and grateful that you've called us, God. Every person in this place oak of righteousness. Father, help us to push the limits of our pursuit of you, God. God, I want 
Oh, God. God, I want to run to you. God, I want to hear your voice in my ear. Father, I ask you, in the name of Jesus Christ, God, that you would blow on this people, God. That your Holy Spirit would enter them. That they would come alive in you. That they would be emboldened, God, and that they would be strengthened, God, and encouraged, God. Father, that they would seek you like never before. That they would start to dig deeper, God. And having done all of this and having gone through life and at the end of their days, God, that they would be strong and stand firm. God, I bless this people. I bless them, Father. They're so awesome. You love them so much, Father. Listen, God is proud of each and every one of you. He is. He loves you so much. It's time to go deeper. Father, help us to get deeper. Help us to go deeper. Help us to push down farther. Help us to get closer. Help us to be more intimate with you, Jesus. God, we want to see your face in this place. God, we want to shine because your glory is in this place. Father, today we have determined we have determined today, Father God, to go deeper. Now, Father, I ask that you would seal your words in their hearts. God, that you would bring it to the remembrance, God, of every individual in this place. That they would not forget what you've told them today. That you are their helper. And they have been called this day. Lord, I bless them, Father. I thank you for their lives, God. In Jesus' name. If there's anybody in this place that doesn't know Jesus, or maybe you've heard of him, or maybe you know of him, but today you'd like to make him Lord. Today you'd like to say, I will be a tree of righteousness. I want to be a son of God. If there's anybody in here today, I want to give you an opportunity. It's simple. It only requires you to say yes. Salvation is free for you. But Jesus paid a great cost. While we were yet sinners, Jesus laid his life down for me and you. This morning, if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to invite you. I'm going to invite you up here this morning. If you want to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that means Master. You want to see Him transform your life in a way that you've never thought it could be. I'm going to invite you this morning to come up to the front. You know, it's a decision that changed my life forever.
So from what I see, everybody in this place is a Christian. Which means you've been called to be an oak of righteousness. Which means from this day forward, as you go on through your week, you're going to dig deeper. You're going to read your Bible like you've never read it before. And guess what? Those words are going to come alive. Those words are going to come alive. And God is going to grip your heart. And I'm waiting to hear testimonies of what God did. So, Father, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I bless your holy name. You are good, God. You are great, and there's no one like you, Father. You are faithful, and you have shown yourself faithful to me over and over again. God, we thank you this morning for your word. We love you. We thank you. And we accept the challenge this morning, God. We accept it wholeheartedly. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, put your hands together. Oh, thank you, God. Thank you. I love you. I love every single one of you. And I'm going to give the mic to my brother Jeff, and he's going to go ahead and close us out. But I love you guys. And everything I said this morning, I said in love. I'm not better than you at all. I consider myself less than you, just so you know. I love you. Amen. I tell you what, I just love what God's doing in this place. I, I love what God is doing in this church. And let me tell you, I'm sorry, you're hearing Jeff twice in a row. <laughs> but listen up, you know, I, I am so, last week when I said, because I love talking about tithe and offering. Now we're transitioning into tithe and offering. By the way, why should you tithe? Because God wants you to be an oak of righteousness. Okay, this was so good because I spent time praying. Just like last week, I prayed, you know, oh, I got to get up there and tithe. And God was like, no, no, don't talk about that. Talk about something else. You know, talk about, talk about being whole. Talk about getting time with God so that you could be more loving to others, so you could be the salt and the light. Get in the light. That what, I love this church. I love these pastors. Do you hear what they're saying? They're saying we want you to be whole so that you can love others, so that we can be ready for whoever comes through that door. We want to love people, so go get with God. Go get with God. And this morning, he's like, okay, I got my chance again to talk about tithe offering. I had something in mind, and I pray, and he shifts. Tithing is a part of a, of a well-balanced spiritual diet, and he does this because he wants you to be whole, Talk about that. And as I was sitting here listening, I'm thinking, this is a church that teaches such a well-balanced diet spiritually. There has been so much emphasis on your identity in Christ. That is huge. If you're talking about your diet, the biggest part of your diet needs to be that God loves you. He cares about you. You heard it this morning. Even though he wants to, he, what he has on his heart is sprinkled in there is that because he loves you, because he cares about you, he wants you to be whole. Get with him. Get with him. Get rooted with him. That's that spiritual diet that God wants. And, and as I talked about, I talked about, think about tithing. We get a wrong notion on this. 
It can be kind of a difficult topic always talking about money. Listen, if, if, if you struggle with, with the money concept, tithe to another church, <laughs> okay? But learn how to open an area of your life for God to move in. That's what this is about. If, if you get hung up, in fact, if, if, if that's a real, if as soon as somebody starts talking about money, you kind of put up a wall, maybe you ought to listen to what I'm saying. Because you've got to open up God to do a work. He, he, he's like this wrestler outside the ring saying, could you tag me here? Could you tag me I want to jump in. Let me, in, in that, you know, it says, give and it will be given unto you. A good measure, pressed down. The blessings will be there. The problem is we miss it because we think, well, I gave and I should get back financially, money in return. God is creative. There's so many ways he can bless you back. Money back to you is probably lower on his list. There's so many other ways. He wants you to be whole. He wants you to be healthy. Let me give you a testimony. I was listening to this gal on the radio, and she was saying, God's been nudging her. God doesn't nudge you unless he knows he's got something for you. He's nudging her. Come on, you need to tithe, okay? Tithing, if you don't know, that's giving 10% of your income. Nudging or nudging. Finally, she's like, all right, I got to do this. And God sat down with her husband. And to do it, though, they had to sit down at the kitchen table every week or every paycheck and shuffle things around. And they kept doing it, and they kept doing it. And one day she realized... Her and her husband don't argue like they used to. She contributed that to tithing. And here's one of the problems is sometimes we miss the work that God does through tithing, and so we don't make the connection. But every now and then someone sees the connection and goes, oh, I did it, I got it. It was God doing that work in me. And, and I want you to hear me on this. Let, uh, God wants to open, you to open up an avenue for him to work in you. So much money can be a hang-up to us. So much money can be into, into, into addiction that we're trying to make us happy or, or to satisfy our things. And so much money can be spent on impressing other people. I have a coworker, this young gal, she probably spends about 1000 a month on clothes. And I'm thinking, wow, you could be healed. Think of this concept. Think of this. I know you're like healed of that. We could be delivered of that maybe and be happy. Be happy. Think of this. Here's, here's a scenario. You're driving an older junker. You think it's a junker, but, you, you know, you think it's a junker. You could be getting a new car, but you say, I've got to tithe. All right, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And he, I drive up to work, and everybody's looking at me because of my car. But, I, you know, God knows what I'm doing. You know, hey, someday he's going to get you a new car, right? No, I think, <laughs> I think he can get you something better. Because every time you have to say, I don't care. I don't care. Keep driving that car. Keep driving that car. And then you realize, you know what? This car starts and it stops, and most of the windows go up and down. All right, that's my car. It's a 2005 Xterra. Three out of four windows work. I, listen, I make enough money. <laughs> I can drive about anything. I, that's the freedom. Do you get this? Tithing. It's not about we don't want your money. Pastor DJ wants your money. He wants you changed. All right? Be oaks of righteousness by opening up avenues for God to work in your life. Get in the word. You take that money. Like, okay, if it's tithing, if that's what God is prompting some of you, let's start working on that, okay? We have ways of give. You've heard, you've heard these before. You can give online. You can give through the webpage. You can give through the app, all right? Or the other one is I suggest do this through your own, your own banking. Just get the address of this church or any other church. Get an address of any church and, and start this process and start allowing God open a door an avenue for God to do a work in you that's what we're called here
All right, let's pray over our tithes and our offerings. God, we want to be good stewards of what comes in. But God, free us up to trust you in this area. I, I just pray so many people in here will, hear, will, will trust you in this area and start stepping out and start stepping out in this area and allow you to move in their lives. That's what we pray most. Just free people up in this room. Free them up, mighty God. Free them up, mighty God. Amen. Well, just like last week, we're not closing service.